Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things Super Coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisper and Brew. The mighty Melbourne Storm. Lost a few players this year. Brought a couple in. More leaving at the end of next year. Seems to be a big turnover happening in Melbourne. And What's, what's the future of Craig Bellamy looking like? Not a bad time to be a Roosters fan. I'm joined by one of them today in Brew SC. How are we going, mate? I'm going very good. Uh, Josh, I'm ready to talk about one of the best sides in the competition. One of the best sides in the competition for the past 23 years. 20 years. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's getting a bit much, but every year we say, is this the year Melbourne fall off? And it's never the case. And I don't see it happening next year as well. Unfortunately, for people that like watching Melbourne not do so well, I've got them in second um, for this season. We'll have to maybe look at that. But at the moment, I've got them in second. Uh, where do you have them yeah. sitting, mate? I've got them finishing in third. So I think there might be... A wee little bit of regression, but nothing too substantial. I think it's more that the Roosters should, with with their troops back, just gain a lot more than, say, Melbourne. Therefore, I've got the Chookies moving into the top two, and I've got the Storm dropping down to third. Won't give away my prediction, but I also have the Chooks in the top two. So you can put two and two together and work out where I have the Panthers. Look, last year the Storm finished 21-3. and three. They finished first with the minor premiership. Not too much can be better with the season that they had, uh, going 11-2 and two at home, 10-1, and one, sorry, 10-3 and three away. Uh, look, they averaged 34 points a game. They conceded 13 points a game. Astronomical difference there. Winning by nearly 21 points a game on average. Finished first in attack, second in defense. I don't really see that changing a whole lot. Nothing worries me too much about the ins and outs that, that really affect their ability to score points. I think it's very much a system-based side, and you could put anyone in there and they'll still continue to put up points. I don't see it being 34 points a game with how we've, uh, you and I have, are thinking how these rules are going to change, but they will still be one or two when it comes to attack. In my humble opinion, I thought the Melbourne Storm were the best side in the competition last year. Uh, probably should have won the comp last season, but that said, I thought Penrith were the best side in the comp the year before and that they should have won that comp, so it kind of just evened out. But Melbourne were phenomenal last year. I don't think... They'll drop off too much. I just think that um, Penrith haven't had a great deal of change. They should, you know, that machine should keep rolling on. And I think the Chooks have been there or thereabouts, obviously, back-to-back premierships going into the last two seasons with some troops coming back and some nice good kids coming through. I think it's going to be a real hot battle, the top four or five places this year. Definitely a class of the top three and then the rest um, with the Roosters fully fit. Penrith and Melbourne. Look, Melbourne have had quite a few gains. They've had quite a few losses. And then 2023 is mounting up to be a few losses for them as well. They've brought in Xavier Coates from the Broncos. They brought in Nick Meany from the Bulldogs. Josh King from the Knights. Jaden Nicarima from the Red Cliff. 
Are they the Dolphins in reserve grade? I just know they're the Redcliffe. Um, yep. And William Warbrick from Rugby Union. They're the ins. The outs, they've got Adokar and Max King exiting to Canterbury. Uh, Dale Finucane and Nico Hines exiting to Cronulla. Aaron Pennant to the Warriors. Brinko Lee to the Broncos. Aaron Booth to the Titans. Riley Jacks to the um, B&E Tigers. I'm assuming that's uh, in the QRL. Isaac Lumi Lumi. Uh, Daniel Atkinson. Um, Turahui. Uh, Tyson Smoothie all have been released. Also worth noting, Felice Kafusi, Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, Brandon Smith all exiting the first three, obviously going to the Dolphins in 2023 with Brandon Smith off to your chookies as well. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty ideal. When it comes to suspensions, they are pretty hitty, hit pretty hard for the first round. They've got uh, oh, definitely. Harry Grant, Cameron Munster, Chris Lewis, Brandon Smith all suspended for a game. Uh, Munster, Lewis and Cheese were obviously caught up in the mishap with the postseason celebrations. And Harry Grant has picked up a one-game suspension from that final against the Penrith Panthers. Um, and Tui Kamakamika is stood down indefinitely. Nelson Asafa-Solomona came back to training this week. I don't know what his stance... I know what his stance is on vaccinations. I don't know whether he is vaccinated or not. I have read some reports that he's been given an exemption. I've read some reports that he's been vaccinated, so I'm not too confident to make um, my stance known on what he's going to do, but all I know is he's back training, um, so he either has to be vaccinated or has an exemption because the way the Victorian rules are that you can't be yeah, in a, in a team training facility without one of those two. So keep your ear to the ground. We'll, we'll make a note on, on both of those going forward. When it comes to the ins and outs, mate, Coates, Meany, King, Nick Arima and Warbrick, it's headlined by Xavier Coates. But I think the Nick Meany, Nick Meany signing has gone under the radar a little bit as well. Nick Meany in that system could be a very, very good player. You've got to understand he's been coming from one of the worst sides in the comp over the last couple of years, he's moving into a proven system where mediocre, and I don't want to say it in a negative way, but like mediocre type players have gone there and become stars. Uh, Nick Meany could very well be that the next person in a long list to do that. I have a very interesting stat on Nick Meany to pull up uh, when we talk about the teams and it might shock some people, but obviously Xavier Coates, he's headlining this, I guess, incumbent class, much hype around him and he's super coach Stocksville. Will come to him. William Warbrick coming from rugby union. We don't know a whole lot on uh, Jaden Nicarima, one of these guys that is full of potential. Hopefully, we can see it be put together at the Melbourne Storm. And Josh King is training the house down in quotation marks, uh, coming from Newcastle, who showed a lot of promise for them as well. With the losses, I mean, it's probably not probably it is headlined by Ado Carfanuka and Hines. Do we think that Hines is that big of a loss when they've got Hughes, Munster, and Pappenhausen? He's a coverable loss. Like he's, I would say he's the biggest loss, but at the same time, when you've got that kind of spine and, you know, you've got two world-class fullbacks and two world-class hookers, you can kind of afford to let that go. And understandably they didn't hold him down and they, they let him do that. So whilst I think he is the biggest loss, Melbourne won't suffer too much from letting him go. He's the biggest name loss, but probably not the biggest system loss. Um, Dale Finucan does a job. He's sort of going over the hill a little bit now, but I think he'll provide a lot of uh, experience and a lot of leadership at Cronulla. I don't think Melbourne are too sad to see him go, but you can understand why they haven't resigned him, similar to why they haven't really chased after Kafusi, Bromwich, and uh, the other Bromwich as well. Um, and Addo Carr, origin winger, Australian winger, uh, very, very good for Melbourne the last couple of years. I think he scored in 82% of all the games that he's played. So it'll be a case of, yeah, Addo Carr out, Coates in, 
how big is the drop-off there, do we think, when it comes out of Carter Coates? Short-term, definitely there's a drop-off, but long-term, I think they'll be right. With Xavier Coates, he's a very, very good player, and I'm sure we're going to start seeing the best of him. I think Addo Carr also is a big loss for what he brings to team harmony and culture. We all know he's a bit of a, a prankster and a jokester, but from what I've heard, he's he's a very good bloke and he's a very good teammate. So I think they might lose out a little bit there on top of what they'll obviously lose on the field. Is it fair to say all of these losses, including Kafusi and the two Bromwich brothers, um, are losses Melbourne were happy to, to have apart from Brandon Smith? Brandon Smith probably probably being the only one that they would have, that they did desperately try and keep. Yeah, look, in hindsight, I'm sure they would have loved to have kept Smith with these now losses, but Melbourne's got a really good core of players. They've got a really good system. So if you're going to let some 30-plus in age, you know, back rowers, front rowers move on, there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's understandable. They're obviously coming to the back ends of their careers. They can probably leave the club, maybe earn a few extra dollars, um, maybe make a difference in the Dolphins getting off the ground. So I understand why Melbourne would be allowing these players to move on shore. Let's have a look at our round one slash round two sides. I've, I've listed my round two side, but I have made note of the suspensions that we have. Off the top of your head, is there a better super coach spine than the Melbourne spine? No. Yeah. I, I just can't see anyone competing with no. them on a super coach front. I'm not going to come out and say they're the best spine in the NRL. Um, but well, next season, when the Roosters have Brennan Smith, maybe. Maybe. But right now, it's Melbourne, easily the best spine in the comp. So as we touched on, Grant, Munster, Lewis, Cheese, and Tui are all out for round one. Um, so those guys will feature in my 17, but I will make a note of who I think comes in and replaces them. At fullback, no, no prizes for guessing it's Ryan Pappenhausen. A low of 71 in 80-minute games. Uh, and that was against Parramatta, and then his next lowest score was 73, also against Parramatta. He had an 80-minute average brew of 115.7 last year. So you take out the games off the bench and the games where he got injured, 115.7. This is why I am keen on Pat pushing Turbo to be the number one fullback this year. Completely agree with you. Plays for a top side. On top of that, you know, Turbo might have more individual points in him, but Pappenhausen negates that somewhat by having goal kicking. If if Melbourne go out and score 50 or 60 points, which for the last decade we've seen them do regularly throughout the season, you know, you can add on a bucket load of points there. So definitely uh, Pappenhausen is the one guy in my side that I've never blinked at even looking at the option of getting rid of. Like if I was going to take Turbo in round one, I'd be dropping Teddy. I would not be dropping Paps. He's easily the number two for me now. Uh, and I'm expecting an extremely big year this year. I'm, I'm actually excited to watch him play. Yeah, very, very keen to see Pap uh, in full flight. I'm, I'm just hoping that we can get through the season, obviously, unscathed. And yeah, I'd love to see him play. Or- as, a, as a Queensland fan, I'm scared to see him play Origin, but I'd love to see him get a crack, um, even in like a, a, a utility role. When it comes to the wingers, one of them picks themselves in Xavier, in Xavier Coates. Um, he hasn't been hasn't been brought in to sit on the pine, and the other one's up for debate between three guys in George Jennings, Dean Aramia, and Nick Meany. I have leaned on George Jennings, but Nick Meany has found a spot in my seventeen as well. Who are your wingers, mate? So I've got Xavier Coates, obviously. However, 
I have Coates playing on the left wing. I know a lot of the research I did previously when I was, you know, banging this guy around a little bit was based on him playing on the right wing. When I drew up this, the 17, I realized that I actually think he'll probably replace Ado Carr on the left. I've partnered him with Nick Meany. I think they might give him first crack at the, at the right wing, I believe. Uh, so I've got Coates and Meany and Meany. I'm not actually sure. I haven't looked into Meany's price or anything like that, but if Meany were to be there, named in round one and he was at a decent dollar amount, I'd certainly look into that option. Nick Meany's 447K, so pretty awkward price. No. Um, yeah. Look, I've got Nick Meany as my 14, similar to how they played, okay. similar to how they played Hines. Very interesting to note, though, Nick Meany averaged more points a game in a really, really bad Bulldog side than Xavier Coates did in an okay, or a slightly better Bronco side. Coates averaged 40, Meany averaged 42.5 at, at wing. So that's something to note. Um, look, Coates is one of these guys that you're going to have to play matchup based. Uh, I don't think he's a guy that you can, you can confidently start week in, week out. And then that begs the question, is 360k too expensive for a guy to be riding your pine half the time? Look, the biggest wing base when it comes to Melbourne last year was George Jennings with 26. Adokar had a base of 20. Uh, Lumi Lumi had a base of 20. And Bunavalu in 2020 had a base of 18. Uh, and sorry, and Aramea had a base of 20 as well. Coach was only 18, so he is probably the poorest out of that batch. Um, Adokar scored 82% of tries in all his games played, um, and he only averaged 60 once. He was a perennial 50 to 52-point scorer. Coates will go on runs, though. So Adokar, we know that he, w- he would go on month, five-week runs of where he would score six, seven tries in four weeks. Coates, I think, will do that as well, but you've just got to pick your time. I've got him projected around 47 to 53 points a game. So there's definitely the question, or there's definitely the case of 10 points of value, but it's very much Jason Saab territory for me. Look, I, I do have him listed as my trap. I couldn't not put him after the trap after the SmackDown. I laid on him a few weeks ago. I, but I will say this I come from a very stats based decision making process. Other people will. Just trust their gut. If, if your gut's saying that, you know, you think that this person is going to take his game to the next level, increase his base, score a lot of tries, and you want to take him for 350, I'm not actually going to knock anyone for doing that. Mm. Um, outside of Heinz this season, most of my decisions have been statistically based. But Heinz for me, and I've been arguing it for now months, I feels like my gut call is that he is going to go to a new level and that he is a much better player than what people think he is in the halves so i'm backing that call so if anyone had similar feelings about oats uh, coats sorry i i don't blame them yeah 100 percent. and that's i guess that's where i'm coming from i'm not saying coats is gonna flop i'm just simply looking at melbourne storm and the wingers and what bellamy asked them to do so people can say that coats is a big body bellamy will will get him to do a lot of work but we can see that like vunavalu adokar jennings eremia and Lumi Lumi in the last 24 months haven't been asked to do big work. So I don't really see why that changes, and that's just my opinion looking off historical data. He could come out and have Brighton Toto levels of numbers, but I just don't really see it happening in a Bellamy system. As for Nick Meany, uh, as I said, he's not in my starting 13, but he's in my 17. Um, he averaged 42.5 in an awful Bulldog side, which is a, be- a better average of Coates. I've also put here one injury to Pappenhausen, and we could be on here. We could be on for big, big times. Is he a Heinz 2.0 at five, at 470k or whatever he is? Time will tell. But yeah, one injury to Pap, you would expect that Meany goes to full whack, and we could be on again. Do you 
Do you agree? If Pappenhausen goes down, Mini goes to fullback and we could, we could be on? Not too sure if they've got another superstar stud coming through in their top 30. Because, God, they've had a lot over the last they've, five or they've six still seasons. Got, they've still got two top fullbacks in their side in Munster and Hughes who could come in and kill it for, oh, any, for any other club. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, you're probably right. In the instance of a Pappenhausen injury or concussion, Meany probably would be the guy uh, price-wise. If, look, if if we knew that Paps was going to be out for four to six weeks, then, yeah, that price I'd jump on. Avail- uh, available. it was only a we... one to two weeks, I don't know. Uh, I did with Hines straight away last year. I looked into the situation and said that's not a one to two week injury. It was being reported that it was. I thought it was always going to be at least three or four weeks. And I thought, hey, I might get one one or two big price rises out of Heinz. And as it turned out, it just ended up being, I'm going to hold this guy for pretty much the entire season and it worked in my favour. So I wouldn't hate it, um, but I would hate it as a Pappenhausen owner. Very jealous of you Heinz owners. I never jumped on last year because, yeah, Pat was only out for one to two weeks. Pap came back. Pap came back. Munster got injured. And then when Munster came back, Pap got injured. So Heinz had this magical run. Uh, and yeah, I'd, I'd never jumped on. And, and that's probably what killed me. But Nick Meany available at fullback centre wing. If anything happens to Pappenhausen, I'm probably going to jump on straight away because we saw what Heinz did as well. And I think Nick Meany is a very talented football player who could do something similar. Um, in the centre spots, pretty sure they picked themselves in Justin Ollum and Remus Smith. I don't see that changing next year. No, I've got the, I've got the same combo. Ollum at times was borderline you know, moving towards being a super coach weapon. It's just, he's always been quite inconsistent. So he's not the type of player I typically like to pick. Rem Smith was fantastic for them at, at an NRL level. Um, and if Meany does go outside him, there's a bit of an old Bulldogs connection out there. So maybe, maybe they might have something up their sleeves, but I think those two centers speak for themselves. I don't, it, I'm not expecting anything else come yeah. TLT than those two names. Josh Adokar, I think, scored 26 tries last year in the whole entire season, including finals. I mean, Justin Nolan was inside of him feeding balls. Historical season, still in the average 56, and you get, you're getting him at a sky-high price. It's a big pass for me. As for Remus Smith, look, he had a big uptick from 2019 and 2020, averaging 37 in both those years to a really nice 51 last year. Can he improve on 51? I don't think he does. And at 449k, I'd much prefer to take a guy like Staggs who has that 60-point upside, whereas Remus only scored 51 last year. The upside for Remus is he seems to be pretty consistent, um, always there or thereabouts, and didn't really suffer a whole lot of setbacks last year. So if you want stability, you can you can look at Remus and try and take the upside. But at 449k, it's a bit of an awkward price to be taking a, a punt on. Um, and I've also got George Jennings listed here as well. Um, he was best when it comes to Melbourne base, like pure base. But at 474k, I'd much rather go Coates. If you were choosing between a Melbourne winger, um, save the 110k and just go Xavier Coates. The halves, Munster, Hughes, steady, steady, steady hands when it comes to Supercoach stocks, Munster. Um, I've put in here brackets, Cooper Johns, because I think that's who will replace him for round one. Um, so I've got the same. Probably, probably be a Cooper Johns and Jerome Hughes halves pairing for round yep. one, but Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes will be long-term. Munster is a certified stud uh, and would be mass-owned if he wasn't... If he was fit for round one, we talk about the fight rate position a whole lot differently this year, I feel. Um, but the fact that he's not... Bit of a hot take. I've put here, if you're not going Harry Grant, I feel like Cam Munster is a must-have. Because if you're not going to go Harry Grant, then you can just hold Munster for a week. Would you agree or would you still be put off by the one-round suspension? 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't, I don't hate it by any means. I wouldn't say must have. Um, I hate that term must have. The only must have is Tom Trebojevic at some point. Um, Munster's in for a big season. I think he, given that we believe he's off the booze and behaving himself and he, he looks fit and firing to come and, he looks, you know, he looks very, very good. Yeah. He's looking lean. Um, people are saying he looks bigger. I think he looks lean, like he's fit. He's dropped a bit of beer, beer like beer weight and stuff like that. So he's looking quite cut. I, I think he will probably come out and, and have a banger of a season. I don't think he's going to, you know, average 90 plus or anything like that, but I could see a, say a five point uptick in his average. And he already was a, a gun. Five eight's one of those positions I'm finding extremely difficult this year. I really wish that Heinz was dual half and not half fullback. Um, it would make my life a lot simpler, but I don't hate the Munster shout, like carrying him on the bench. It's just, you're probably going to have to play, say, Ilias or say Hastings, I'd say for the first week. Yeah, I've gone very cheap in five eight. At the moment, I've got Hastings and Amone, so I have gone very very cheap in in the five eight position. Um, have you read my notes, mate? Because I've put here extremely consistent five point uptick, eighty average question mark, no drink, no punt, and I've also put for a very quiet year last year. He still had one try involvement per game, so I think he had seven tries, thirteen try assists in twenty games. So yeah, one one involvement per game. I really like Munster this year. I know that in a post in a post in a pod you and I did with uh, Tom Fig Jam and Ryan from Supercoach 365 I said that is this what we're seeing from Munster and I think it is I don't really see Munster going to that clearly levels of elite when it comes to Supercoach but he's definitely always going to be around that 70 to 80 point average and we could be on the higher side of things next year just with how good he's looking and, and if we can take the no drink no punt statement seriously and if he's off that for the whole year um, Munster could be anything and if he's trying to play for a big contract up in Redcliffe then yeah, who mm. knows? As for Jerome Hughes, you and I have had our disagreements on the Nico Hines debate. I have, I am Team Hughes over Team Hines personally. Um, look, the thing is, who's who's going to make more money out of Hines and Hughes? Hines. Who's going to score more points out of Hines and Hughes? Hines. Who's going to score way less and could burn you more? And that's the reason why I'm going for Hughes. I feel like Hughes has the higher ceiling compared to someone like a Nico Hines, and we've seen him do it. Um, he, d- he did it last year. He's not going to be playing Origin. And he's really found his feet at halfback. I think his evolution as a controlling seven and, and someone that can create for himself has really been good to see. Uh, as we said, he could play fullback for 10 other clubs and would be their first choice, I would say. So it's been really nice to see his transition into into a seven and to a really, really good seven as well. And I like the fact that he can create for himself, but he's also got some really attacking weapons out there. Sent a few sides with Hughes in them, and it's hard to talk people off him. Look, he's playing round one, and even if having some stars missing around him maybe means that he scores less in round one than what he's what he would if he had all of Munster and Grant and Co. playing. It's a long term game, and you'll take a small hit. I like the Hughes pick. I do. I just prefer the Nico one. <laughs> in terms of that ceiling comment, man, 
you're talking about a goal kicking half and a non goal kicking half, and you're saying that Hughes easily has the highest ceiling. No, 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 Hines no, no, doesn't no, no. have the Hines... level of superstars beside him. That's nuts, man. No, no, I'm saying Hines can go bigger than Hughes, but Hines can also go a lot lower than Hughes. I feel because we've seen Hughes do it, and we're we're taking a blind punt on Hines. If you're looking for a 130 point game, I'd be going for Hines. If you're going for overall consistency, I feel like Hughes is, is the right play. And you mentioned their draw, mate. You mentioned what they're coming into. They've got the Tigers away from home round one, South at home round two, Parramatta at home round three, the Dogs at home round four, and the Raiders away in round five. So pretty much... Not the easiest start. It's not the easiest start, but you'd think they'd just stay in Sydney for a month. Do you think they'd go back to Melbourne playing... Sorry, uh, my bad. I've read that wrong. Never mind. Um, they play the Tigers away, South at home, Parrot at home, Dogs at home. So they're going to get probably a three-and-a-half-week stretch just in Melbourne. So that could be better for them, considering they've been away from home for so long. Um, they'll fire up at home. They, yeah. they, they haven't played there for ages. They'll get a big crowd there too. So they'll be ready for South in round two. That could be an ambush with their players back. Especially if South... How they go round one, who knows? I still think the Tigers are going to be... A steaming pile of you know what yep. this season and new combinations all over the place. So Melbourne could still come out and put a number on them round one, even missing their stars. Yeah, not enough. I'm not confident enough to captain Pappenhausen round one. That's still looking like Tedesco against the Knights on a Sunday Arvo at the SCG. Oh, yeah, um, I just like that. That's a three pm game too. Yeah. That's I really wish I could go Paps because I still feel like they'll they'll do the business. But the Chooks love the SCG. And they certainly love the SCG in daytime. So if that's a dry game, we could have another, you know, 160 to start the season from Teddy this season like we did last year. Let's hope so. So Munster Hughes as our six and seven, no surprise, with Cooper Johns, Brew and I believing will fill in for round one. Yep. When it comes to their middles, look, I've got Harry Grant, picked himself, Jesse Bromwich yep. and, no, sorry, Kenny Bromwich um, and Christian Welch. <sighs> Wait, No. That can't be right. What do you mean? Uh, uh, the two props, eight and ten. Yeah, with Welch. Well, Kenny. No, 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 Kenny no, no, no. I meant, I meant Jesse. So Jesse, yeah, Je- Jesse, okay. Jesse, and Welch with Grant in the middle, and I've also got uh, Jade Nicarima as the round one selection when it comes to hooker for Harry Grant. I do too. Um, for some reason, I have stopped my notes on Welch. I've just decided to not to not write them. But from what I know, like. Does he get enough? Mi- I was very keen on him before Nelson Asper Solomon came back. Um, and if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go Welch, you need to sell him round ten, round eleven, because over Origin, Bellamy loves to rest him and get him prepped for the end of the season. So Welch is someone that you need to move on uh, just before Origin. As for Bromwich, on the surface of things, 339k is enticing, but the minutes are going down year on year as well as the PPM. He's older. On the way out, it's a big miss for me. Harry Grant, though, oh, he is my boy, my man crush, my go. stud, my my everything. I was on the Harry Grant must-have movement since November, even though he was out round one. He is the clear hooker by one in my by far, in my opinion. Uh, as I put here in brackets, my man crush. He's Australia's best nine. He's Queensland's best nine. He's Melbourne's number nine. Don't give me this Brandon Smith rubbish. Even as a Roosters fan, Brew will agree that Harry Grant is the Far superior hooker. And when it comes to Supercoach, man, 74 average in 59 minutes last year. And even in a horrible Tiger side, 71 average in 74 minutes. He is a weapon. He needs to stay in the park. That is the only thing. Expect 75 average, pushing up to 85, I would say. Yeah, he'll be he'll be a stud this year. He should definitely finish first. But that's not to say that, you know, a Damien Cook or someone, if they come out and show 
their form of old that they couldn't challenge him. But in terms of pure skill and what he can create and what he's done with his work rate in small minutes last year and obviously in his debut season, we saw what a study was playing big minutes for the Tigers. He's You're going to want to get him pretty quickly, no doubt about that. I was getting visibly triggered when people were saying that, Cam- that that Brandon Smith is the better nine last year, and I'll touch on I'll touch on Chiefs. He definitely has his pros, but he's got his cons as well. But for me, Grant is just clearing away the best hooker in the world, and it, it isn't close in my opinion. Um, do you have the same front row mate, Bromwich, Grant, and Welch? I do. Yes. Yes. I I would suspect we we had that, and I suspect we have similar back rows as well in Kafusi and the other Brom. Going back to um, Christian Welch, I ran some numbers whilst you were, um, God knows what you were doing whilst you were talking about my, my, Harry Grant. My, my desk raised an inch <laughs> off the ground uh, as we were talking about Harry Grant. His cat's moved out. Um, he actually averaged 63 over the first 11 games. So yeah. as you spoke about, he did fall off a cliff after origin. Uh, he played a lot of 14 during that period. And then at the back end of the season, he went back into the number 10. Um he didn't play around 12, uh, 13, 14. Then he came back to 14 for two games by missed another week. Then he finished the season off strong with some pretty good numbers. But yeah, 63 average, it's it's not the worst by any means. And if he needed an uptick in his work rate or potentially his minutes, because his minutes are only 52 average. So even if he needed to say tick that up by three, uh, generally has a, a good, say, 1 to 1.2 ppm. You're talking about a guy that could average 65 plus. Um, so not not the worst shout there by you, Josh. I hadn't actually looked too deep into that, but, yeah, that's not bad. I don't the mind that. On, the only thing is I'm looking for upside. I don't feel there is much upside with Welch, but he's a safe set of hands. He's 520K for 500. I try to balance the upside, but, so, for example, we, we got a bit giddy on the show talking about Fafita the other day. If I'm paying up, that much money for a feeder and it means that I then need to carry say a Welsh. I'm not too worried about the enormous upside as long as they're plugging me out 55 to 65 per week. I don't feel like it's going to burn me because it's offset by how much for feeder can burn non-owners given that he can score 160 points. My point being uh, Welch is 520k with a very limited upside and if Blake is 505k with a mountain of upside, a 70 point upside I would say and that's that's the reason why I would lean more to a guy like AFB over someone like a Welch, just how I play. But if you're looking for a guy who is going to be very boring, but at the end of the game, you look down and see a 60 game, then Welch is your guy because he isn't exciting, but he loves to get an arm free, loves to throw an offload. He's a leader in this Melbourne pack and he won't let you down. Um, especially oh, he's Aiden Tolman yeah. 2.0. <laughs> he's Aiden Tolman 2.0. Um, but he did score a ton last year, Christian Welch. He did. Yeah, he did. Um, and an 85, and but the a couple thing, of 70s. The thing is, you need to sell him before round 11, round 12, when Origin sets in, yep. because Bellamy loves to rest him and prep him for the end of the season. Nothing on And that's not something typically I want to be doing going into buys either. I don't want to know that I'm going to have to get rid of a guy when I'm already trying to build numbers for yep. round, you know, the round 13 buy. Exactly, exactly. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so, yeah, we touched on the back rowers in Feliska Fusi and the other Bromwich. I'm assuming you'd have the same back row. I'd be surprised if you didn't. I've got, uh, yeah, Felice Kafusi and Ken- Kenny Bromwich. Awesome. Kafusi's um, a really awkward price for a guy whose heyday is behind him and on the way out. Do they blood Howarth? Question mark. And that's the only stats I've got on him because, quite frankly, this is my reaction when it comes to Kafusi. 
Look, uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, Kafusi's he's not who he used to be. He, he's definitely got some big games in him from time to time if he gets a couple of pies and whatnot, but he's also going to dish you out some 30s and some 45s. And if you go through and look at his stats from last year, there was quite a few of those. So he's not really, for me, 43 base isn't shocking, but there's not a whole lot of uh, creative upside anymore. Like 2018, 60-plus average, and then he's gone 46, 50, 53. It's just it's not very appealing to me when, you know, he's going to be leaving the club. Yeah, you could make a case for him if he wasn't leaving, but the fact that he's on the way out doesn't entice me. The same with Kenny Bromwich, extremely poor PPM. Moving on from the club. Oh, let's just leave it at that. Look, at the 13 position, I have here Tepe Maroa. That is for round one only. Moving forward, it'd be Brandon Smith, we expect. The appeal of Cheese is he's close to the line ability from Hooker. At 13, I just don't see the upside there. After a huge outlier season, which was a 10-point increase, I feel it can only go backwards from here. New team next year. How committed is he? There was reports that Melbourne were looking to move him on because of how this was all handled. I don't see any value in Brandon Smith whatsoever. Look, Kenny Bromwich, I wouldn't even look at, to be honest with you. But Brandon Smith, I've got him, I've actually got him listed as one of my X factors. I think he, round come round two, he'll have the 13 jersey. I think he'll play pretty, pretty solid minutes. And I know that moving out of hooker means that he might not get as many opportunities to burrow the quick try like he did so many times last year. But I think you're probably going to see more of Grant and Cheese on the field at the same time. Now we know that Grant loves a loves a you know a run from dummy half. If that happens, I'd say Brandon Smith's going to be the guy that's going to be following the ruck. So I still think there's going to be some opportunities that he gets similar types of tries. I don't think he's going to have a season like last year. I think that was a phenomenal season. But I don't think the drop-off's going to be quite as big as what people think. And I certainly don't think Bellamy's going to, you know, inverted commas, punish this bloke because he's leaving the club. If he does, maybe that would be early and give him some 14 time. But I think once Melbourne get rocking and rolling, their best side's going to get picked. And Brendan Smith is in their best 13 when they do that. So I think at some point in time, he's going to be a real X-factor pickup. So I dispute what you're saying about cheese a little bit. I don't have him being punished. I have him starting and playing okay minutes. I think he averaged 68 last year. I just see that coming back to around 60-ish or so. So eight points of loss there. I feel like he could be a bit of a trap. Um, the best case for super coaches is, though, he plays 14, plays 20 minutes a game, and he comes in next year at like a really, really juicy price to pick him up at the Roosters. That is the dream. Um, yeah, I've got cheese as a trap. You've got him as an X factor. I just feel like there's an eight point drop-off coming back to around 60 points a game. Um, similar to my thoughts on Hines. On the... So, Sorry. just before you move on, I also have Tepoy Maroa playing 13 yeah. in, in week one um, when Smith's out there. I've also got Maroa listed as an X-factor, and that is purely because I did say that if there were to be a situation where Grant becomes the club's 14 instead of 13 and they do start to forward plan a little bit... I think Moiroa would be the fella that would pick up that lock position. Yeah. Um, and simply by that logic, that's why I've listed him 
also with cheeses than Moirawa. It just depends on how they play out the situation and whether it's they pick their best 17, in which case it's Smith, or whether it's they start to future plan a little bit and go who's going to replace Smith next season. Yeah, I've got Moirawa's first lock off the bench. Um, at 14, I have Nick Meany, um, just in that high and similar role. Um, 42.5 average on the wing. At fullback, he was pretty good as well, so... Definitely can fill a role. Probably can play some six if need be. Um, yeah, we could be on the same, same points I made before. If an injury to Pappenhausen goes down, we could be on. Who is your 14? My 14 is Jaden Nikarima. I think he's going to get a spot. I think it's um, it's probably good for him. He can he can play a bit of hooker. Um, if Grant needs a rest, he can he can certainly fill in in the halves. And, you know, if you needed to slot him in centre for half a game in case of mass injury or something. I'm sure he could fill that void as well. So I've got uh, Nick Arima as the club's 14 for this season. At my 15, I have Tepe Maroa in my full strength side. Come round one, I have Josh King. So Tepe Maroa jumped from a 0.8 PPM in 2017, gradually climbing up to a 1.1 PPM. Granted, that was with low mins. So take with that what you will. I expect him to play around 30, 35 minutes a game. So that could be 40, 42 points a game. Um, he'll be he'll be a slow burn, but with zero front row forward cheapies, he might be one of the only options that we have. Don't expect the world from him, um, but he is 26, so hitting his peak as a middle. Do you have... You've got Moreau on the bench, I'm assuming. Who do you have as his replacement um, when he comes in to start in your side? Yeah, look, I'm not too sure. Uh, there's a few guys. There's Haworth, there's King, there's a few guys. I, I don't know what to expect when it comes to bench players come round one. I've focused... I, for the starters, I, I did do the backups, but for the bench, I didn't really mention who replaces round one. I just went with the four guys and then the 18th man who I thought would be regulars this season. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I've just got Josh King coming in for the bench uh, in game one. Uh, new inclusion to my 17, Big Nelson asks for Solomona. Uh, averages of 53, 54, 53 in the last three years. I really don't see that changing. Bellamy loves to use him as an impact player. Six foot six, 120 kilos off the bench. Not a bad bloke to have come on when the, the middles get tired. You can bring Nass on and, and absolutely tear up the house. Uh, off to Rugby Union um, next year, so don't expect any kind of huge uptick in, in production or anything. He'll be around yeah. that 53, 54 points a game. Maybe Bellamy prefers him over Marole for round one. But I just know that Bellamy loves to use his impact off the bench. So Nelson has come onto my bench with the news of him being back at training. Yeah, Nelson makes my side, obviously. He's, as you said, he's six foot six and he's a wrecking ball. And despite the fact that he's leaving the club and obviously the, the VAC status stuff, if he's available for them, he makes their top six, uh, 17. Um, I've got him playing off the bench this season, though. And I really didn't know who to put for 17th man, so I've just whacked in the mascot of the Eisenhuth last year. That is Eisenhuth. Um, yeah, last year he was the who I named my team after, and that's all I've got to say on him because I've got no idea who's playing 17 for the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, so doing my full bench, I had Nick Arima, Tom Eisenhuth, Nelson Asofa Solomona, Tepai Maroa. Um, with Jack Haworth as my 18th man. I think he'll be the first guy that might find his way coming into that side. Um, the unfortunate thing about this 17 is that it actually doesn't provide us with much in the way of cheapies. Uh, I don't want to fall into a trap situation where I see a name listed on TLT and then they're not there the next week. Um, Moira is probably the only guy that I can actually see being in there as uh, when they are at full strength. So 
a little disappointing. Uh, it would be nice if we got a Hallworth or someone like that come around and help us because it is getting a bit tricky. Um, Pete Kerr is obviously suspended round one for the Broncos and he's doubtful, I think, to make full strength 17. So it's getting a bit hard on the cheapy front up in the forwards. I don't know about that, to be honest, because the news out of uh, Red Hill was they did the old 13 on 13 and Pierre Cora was training ahead of TC Rabati, so there could be a bench spot for Pierre Cora. Um, time will... That's from round two, but so you are going to go blind into yeah. the season and taking hope that he, he ends up in the 17. It, I think in, most will probably do it anyway, but yeah. there is risk there. In my side, it was him or Burbo. Um, so I'll probably start with Pierre Cora, just if I'm, I'm going to take a punt on one of them. Um, I've got I six... take Burbo. I've got six cheapies on this on this list here. Um, one of them one of them is relevant. The other five you'll have to keep an eye out on, and I've listed them in order. With Tepe Maroa, obviously being the number one cheapie with 205k. Uh, I've then got Josh King listed as my cheapie number two at 255k. I've got Nicarima as my cheapie three um, with what Brew was saying. Uh, cheapie four, I've got Jack Howarth at 175k. Uh, I then, I've then got Tyrant Wishard at 175k as well. And then I've got William Warbricks as well as 205k. The last five of that list that isn't named Tepe Maroa. Um, chuck them in your black book, keep an eye out for them because a few injuries and they'll definitely get get their yeah, chance. I, I can see Wishart being there as the 14 um, in week one. I'm really high on Josh King. I really hope that he does find his way in that squad. I Melbourne just don't are keen on him as well. Know when that will be. But yeah, Melbourne are keen as well, as well, apparently, on him. Apparently, yeah, just um, he got the preseason effort award. Like he's a bloke that was just putting in day in, day out. And uh, we saw a fair bit of him at Newcastle last year and, and the job that he did, was he he did well. So, um, yeah, don't be surprised to see him get a, a run of games over over the season, probably during Origin. Yeah, it would be good. Like if they, like Eisenhuth's decent enough, but like if he dropped out at 17 and let's say Brandon Smith did play the role of 14 this season and you take out Nick Arima, it does open a few spots. So fingers crossed that, that TLT shows us something. Um, I'm hoping we get some cheapies out of the storm. I, I know we probably will next year regardless. There'll be a fair bit of turnover at the Storm next year. What have we got? We've got two back row spots. We've got a front row forward spot. We've got a 13 spot. So there is a fair bit at Melbourne happening next year. But focusing on 2022, Melbourne Storms fan, I don't think you're going to be in for a tough year. I've got them in second. Bruce got them in third. Pretty much a consensus top four side and should make a deep run into the finals. Really excited Absolutely. to see how the spine goes in the 1, 6, 7 and 9. Definitely excited about that number nine jersey because I just want Harry Grant to play 19, 20 games this season and be an absolute weapon. That's going to be everything for the Melbourne Storm today, mate. Um, I very much thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, give yourself a plug. Where can we find you and the work that you do? Uh, most of it's on Twitter, at BrewSC22. Uh, I do jump on under my normal name um, on Facebook and try and respond to questions as much as I can on, on your artworks. My artworks, uh, that's that's a stretch to call my artworks. <laughs> I, I had a mental blank as to what to call them, your posts. I've been the SC Whisperer. You've been listening to the Dual Position Podcast. Uh, I'll leave a review on Apple and Spotify. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that red button down below, make it grey, give us a thumbs up. A lot of good reception to the post recently. So we are, what are we, nearly halfway through these team previews? And we've only got, geez, what have we got? A month? And a bit away till footy, and the trials are very, very soon as well. So trials are this weekend. We might you have know, to do a lot of um, some trials. Some trials yeah. podcast, mate. Yeah, we will. Um, and just in general, the NRL Supercoach type chatter on the internet—it's really bulking up. People are talking about it again, and 
we've actually been getting quite a bit of good feedback lately, which has been really, really nice to see. I've had a few people jump in the inboxes and I saw someone say something on YouTube about I was a good addition and really appreciate it, guys. Stop making, uh, his, stop making his head bigger than what this. it is. We're loving this. We're loving what we're doing. Um, Love the attention. And I can't wait. I cannot, cannot wait. I cannot wait. To, I, cannot um, wait I can't wait to come 20,000 this year as well and uh, and cop the... From all the positive talk we've been getting the preseason to, to the sheer abuse that we're going to cop during the regular season, I cannot wait. Why do I listen to you? you, can, you your rank is crap. Yep. Yeah. I copped times. it last year. Good, good stuff. Uh, guys, that's going to be eight for us today. We'll be back Wednesday and we'll be discussing a team I do not know. Um, North Queensland or Newcastle. Either. North Queensland or Newcastle. One of those two. Two sides I really don't want to discuss. Um, I'll be live on YouTube on Tuesday night. So tomorrow when you guys are watching this, uh, 7.30, come by and say, hey, it's most, mostly me talking smack for an hour about your sides and answering some questions. But that's going to do it all for us today. And as we always say, bye for now. Yeah, for now, guys. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 